Well, newly minted Treasurer Mac Keane um, has his hands on the New South Wales finances, and I suspect today he's going to paint a rosy picture of things ahead. No doubt about it. However, the state opposition says we can't believe anything that comes out of Matt Keane's half-yearly budget review today. Why? Well, because of Tahi. And why the government seems to be dodging questions on it left, right and centre. This attempted cooking of the books, if you like. Now, I mentioned earlier this morning that uh, the, uh, the Treasurer, and no doubt the Premier, will announce we're headed towards a, a budget surplus in a couple of years. They'll talk about a, a fighting fund, if you like, set aside of some $7 billion to ensure that we you know, transition our economy post-pandemic. All right, well, that's all good and well, but how do we come up with this extra $7 billion? Well, <laughs> my argument is you move something from column A to column B and try and hide the thing, which is effectively what the transport holding entity is all about. Chris Minns, uh, federal uh, state Labor leader, joins us on the program. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Marcus. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, I'm a little disappointed, I have to say. This isn't getting anywhere near the coverage it should. I don't understand. Uh, today we'll have the Treasurer of New South Wales painting a rosy picture, and that's good. It's all very good to be positive, but how can we believe any of these numbers? Yeah, look, there's really, really rubbery figures when it comes to the New South Wales budget, and it happened a few years ago. Uh, over the last few years, transport has effectively started a company where all of the rail assets have been put into this separate company so that any money that you spend on rail assets don't come off the spending column. They look like they're an investment. And the problem is the government forgot that you had to rent back from themselves these trains and rail carriages to use on the transport network. Anyway, to cut a long story short, they artificially boosted the budget bottom line over many, many years. We were, in fact, sicker than we thought uh, for the five or six last five or six budget cycles. And as a result, the Treasurer and the Premier and the budget cycle itself are in very real trouble. Now, the Auditor General won't sign off on the books, and I think there's real question marks over whether they can be believed. Has this ever happened before, an Auditor-General refusing to sign off on the state's finances? Is this, this is surely without precedent. Yeah, I think it's, it is without precedent. I mean, we rely on... If you think about this, Marcus, public companies rely on external auditors to approve their books. Now, that, that's the case for shareholders and those that own uh, debt or uh, parts of the company that are required to know the health of it. You know, if you're in, the, in public markets, you're required to know the health of public companies. You'd think that would doubly so for a government entity, and it normally is. The Auditor-General is fiercely independent. She's going to make a decision based on the information that's provided to her, and the information that's been provided to her is not good enough. And now, what's the real impact for New South Wales taxpayers? I'm sure the government will just throw their hands in the air and say, look, this is just an accounting issue. Don't worry about it. My issue here, Marcus, is that we've got a bigger deficit and a bigger debt position than we had previously thought. And knowing this government the way I do, I think it will lead to asset sales or tax increases or fees and fines and charges being increased on the people of New South Wales to cover up for their blunder. Yeah, well, there's no doubt there'll be, as you say, more asset recycling, which is basically a, uh, you know, a real fancy way of saying privatisation. They'll flog off more of our assets. I mean, they've already sold $93.6 billion in public assets. We may even end up with higher taxes and ultimately higher debt. 
Yeah, this is the problem with privatisation. You get to this point where the government will come on your show and other radio programs and on television and I'll say, we've got a great way... Oh, hang on, hang on, Chris. This. The government won't come on this show. The Treasurer... <laughs> right. The Treasurer... Um, outrightly, I mean, his media people are useless, outright won't come on the program because the questions are too hard, Chris. That's the problem. Yeah, well, you, that's right. You've got to answer them. At the end of the day, it's not their own private government. They're answerable to the people of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. But look, what, I know what they'll do. They'll come on and they'll say, I've got a great... I, I know what we're going to do. We'll sell Sydney water, we'll sell the rest of the electricity assets, and then the state will receive upfront money, billions of dollars, problem solved, and then they'll wash their hands of it. But what you and I know, and I think the taxpayers of this state are increasingly aware of, is that you lose the dividend payments from these companies forever. At the end of the day, we, you know, the, the interest bill in New South Wales today is about $4 billion a year, which is bigger than the dividends that we used to receive from electricity assets yeah. when they were owned by the New South Wales taxpayers. So there's no free lunch in this town. And, uh, you know, this asset recycling surfing has really meant that the debt position of the state of New South Wales is now the largest it's ever been in its entire history, both in absolute terms and in percentage terms. All right, before you go, uh, I read today the state government will intervene in the decision-making of councils that hold up rezoning bids in a drastic push to unclog the housing supply pipeline. Councils will be given maximum time frames to assess planning proposals for new apartment blocks and residential precincts or risk forfeiting, um, obviously, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in fees from developers. Uh, The government, in other words, is going to pressure local councils in signing off on developments in a more tardier fashion. Look, I mean, we'll have a look at that. Obviously, they've they've released this as a draft policy. We'll we'll have a look at the fine details. My biggest problem, I have to say, though, about planning in New South Wales is that Western Sydney is taking the vast vast majority of new entrants into Sydney. They don't have the infrastructure to cope with the massive increase in population and I think they're getting a, a raw deal. Everyone west of Parramatta is getting a raw deal when it comes to population targets from this New South Wales Liberal government. Alright Chris, good to have you on. We'll chat soon. Thank you. All the best. Speak soon. New South Wales Opposition Leader Chris Minns.